Today, on the 25th episode of Follow Friday, we're going to talk about Batman, toxic masculinity, funeral DJs, a bad experience on OkCupid, lightsaber ASMR, Tommy Wiseau, Howard the Duck, and much more. That's in a minute with the oral knots from YouTube. But first, I want to tell you about the Lightning Pod newsletter. This is my weekly-ish email update on the podcasting industry and what I've been working on. I am frequently talking about what's happening behind the scenes with Follow Friday, and I'm also sharing my insights on podcasting. Just this week, I got kind of angry and wrote about a sleazy ad for a podcast hosting company that really pissed me off. You can get future hot takes and not-so-hot takes for free by subscribing to the Lightning Pod newsletter at lightningpod.fm slash newsletter. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Hey. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. Hey. Let's have a swirl. Well, that's enough for a place. So now, right away, with no further delay. It's Follow Friday. It's Follow Friday. It's Follow Friday. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, a podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. You can help me make Follow Friday for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash followfriday, or you can help us out for free by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Today on the show are Craven Morehouse and Zach Koontz, also known as the Oral Knots. They make parody videos where they dub over existing movies and TV commercials and other things to make them weirder, funnier, and sometimes more musical. I looked for a clip to splice in here so you could get a sense of what their videos are like, but everything just works so much better if you can see it as well as hear it, so do go check them out. I'd recommend starting with their video, How to Make a Blockbuster Movie Trailer. Have you ever wondered about this particular thing. Because it turns out that that thing is real. You can find Craven and Zach on YouTube, Patreon, and Twitter at Oralnauts, and on Instagram at Oralnauts Official. And Oralnauts is spelled A-U-R-A-L-N-A-U-T-S. Craven and Zach, welcome to Follow Friday. Hey, thanks so much, Eric. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Um, so anyone who hasn't been to your channel before, they're going to see a lot of Star Wars videos when they go there, which I think is how I first found found you guys on YouTube was uh, some of your your, um, your dubbing over Star Wars videos. So explain what you do with, it, with those movies and why so many of your parodies start there. We started working together on these things just because uh, Craven had a lot of like things to say about Tom Hardy's Bane voice when the original <laughs> Dark Knight Rises came out. Just I, I don't know if it's from just because it was just so silly on its surface or if as a sound designer he had things. Uh, but he just reached out to some friends to see who'd be interested in like partnering with him on just come up with some jokes to do and also to find somebody who could do the voice. And I was already like brainstorming with him on jokes we could make. Then I was like, I think I could maybe do the voice too. Let me let me practice it like in the shower where I've got a weird <laughs> echo effect. And we were able to find it and we just made some silly Bane dialogue where we just changed what he was, because he had a mask on. You could make him say whatever he wanted. So we just changed the context of everything that was happening and we turned him into this weird fitness freak 
uh, who was like Who's very into was into it strawberries? Or? Strawberries, yeah, yeah just lots good of fiber. We can get fiber, sure. Yeah, and then he <laughs> just also raps to this audience who's like clearly wasn't expecting it, is not into it. I played, yes, it's a shame. I declare, Mr. Lord, you all complain. I laugh when you ask why I wear the mask. I'll explain. It's because I'm Bane. Yes, that's my name. You say it too much. And then after that, it kind of hit like way harder than we had anticipated. So then we were like, well, what else can we do? And we were just trying to brainstorm some ideas. We're like, well, we all love Star Wars and it's kind of timeless. So if we wanted to just redub something else for the fun of it, that would be a good place to start. There's a lot of other characters with masks there too. Yeah, there's that. And just that was also at a time when Star Wars was sort of coming back onto the map in a, in a bigger way than it had been for quite a while. So we were sort of just a little bit ahead of the curve on the the hype that was going to be surrounding the films. And we also had some bones to pick with the Star Wars franchise. So, you know, we love it. We have, it's a, we have a love-hate relationship with with that franchise, like just like anyone else, especially now that the whole fil- film arc is done and complete. So it was a good fit for us to jump on that and just... Uh, take it to to our whatever place whatever space we we exist within i think a lot of uh from what i remember if i remember correctly a lot of our jokes around the idea of what our parody was going to be sort of based around we started with the prequels but i think we were talking about the whole series overall and we the the prequels and all of the subsequent media tends to romanticize like what a Jedi is in a lot of like kind of almost fanficy ways. Like a lot of the newer stuff kind of feels idealized blindly. When we watch the original Star Wars A New Hope, Obi-Wan is kind of a dick. Yeah. Like he he's like, I'm a Jedi, we're a peacekeeping force. And then he goes into a bar and immediately starts shit with somebody and settles it very violently. <laughs> and he's the first one to resort to violence. Like right. everyone this other guy was kind of like poking at Luke. And he was threatening him, but not really like it hadn't really escalated to violence yet until Obi-Wan showed up and just chopped these dudes into pieces. And then they just went back to chilling. So we're like, this, they're, everyone's wrong about <laughs> what a Jedi is. A civilized they're, weapon. They're, yeah, they're actually disruptive kind of like bullies, you know. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Zach and I are both having Star Wars nightmares by this point. Yeah, we're we're over it. We see like the fan responses to like people either ruining or making the franchise better and we're just like is it better do we need any of this at this point (laughs) it feels a little oversaturated for us but again we also owe everything to star wars footage so we 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 enjoy it uh we grew up on it we love it and you know commenting on it has maybe jaded us a little bit but we we haven't forgotten Well, I'm going to make you talk a bit more about Star Wars in a second. Let's talk about who you follow online. Everyone else can follow along with us today. Every person the Oronauts recommend will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Follow Friday! Before the show, I gave you both a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. We're going to start with someone you both follow who you say makes you think, and that is Jonathan McIntosh, who runs the YouTube channel Pop Culture Detective Agency. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Pop Detective. I'm also a big fan of this channel. Jonathan has also done videos about Star Wars, specifically the Jedi and droids and stormtroopers. So as a Craven, do you think you could explain what he does and why pop culture detective videos make you think? I mean, I think in a broader sense, too, just pop culture in general is our space. 
And I think sometimes people don't give pop culture its due in terms of analysis of, of what it's trying to achieve and uh, what some of the goals and visions are for these television series or films. And he just does an, this incredible job of unpacking films and, and television covering, you know, political uh, politics and masculinity, be it, you know, toxic masculinity or other presentations of masculinity are strong points for him. Uh, and his videos are just so rewarding and insightful and, and sometimes give you a, an, a sort of unexpected perspective on what pop culture is really achieving. Uh, and like Zach said, you know, the, the first, I think the first one that we saw was his analysis of The Last Jedi. And that was really interesting to us because that film specifically is so polarizing to Star Wars fans. It was interesting to hear his take on it and break it down in a way that I know I hadn't considered before. And uh, his analysis sort of elevates pop culture to me personally. It's been a while since I've seen his last Jedi video. Is that the one where he's talking about why the Jedi shouldn't exist? That was the one he followed up with that one. But then I think to start his thesis, it was about why a pop culture explanation behind why the people that didn't like the movie didn't like it. I see. And it was all about, you know, people use the term subverted expectations now almost mockingly. But it's just it's storytelling. Like if you don't subvert expectations, then your story is predictable and then it's not enjoyable. So but they're saying it as if it's this poisoned well now. But it's it, it subverted, though, on a, such a, a, a huge level in a way that was like extremely impressive to us. But it just messed with people's brains in a way that they maybe weren't they definitely weren't prepared for. And it was showing that it was still a hero's journey, but it was just not the cookie cutter hero's journey that we've all grown up with. And our muscle memory was built around. It was a, a hero's journey where the heroes needed to be sort of hum humiliated a little bit before they could actually grow into better people. And the, and in this film in particular, it though that all came at the behest of female characters. Right. And people did. That's just not how pop culture presents itself. Female characters always either something to be obtained or something to be overcome uh, to shown that they were wrong, you know, that um, and that just wasn't everyone was helping each other uh, to, to uplift each other. And people just were so like upset by that. And I was just we, I remember Craven and I went and saw the movie and we came out of it being like, oh, my God, this is like I can't believe they did this. This is like a, the best change in direction for a Star Wars film we've ever seen. And then we to hear that how badly people were reacting. We were genuinely shocked. Me too. And it was like, and confused. And so then we started yeah. reading what people, I was like, oh, this is, this is bad. Like this is, these thoughts that people have, they are like incoherent. It's just angry ranting that they're not even sure how to say what they're thinking. And maybe that what they're thinking doesn't even make sense. And they, that's, it was, it was strange. Like I don't, if somebody just doesn't like something, that's fine. But I was having a hard time f figuring out why people didn't like it, other than just like boys rule, chicks drool. You know, that's <laughs> to be sort of what it came down to. But the pop culture detective puts those things into into words so much better than any of us can. Well, he does it in a way too that is that locks in the idea in a way that's sort of undeniable. You know, like there we're we're film analysis is ubiquitous on YouTube. Like everybody has a, a take on the last Jedi. Yeah. And a lot of them are just like rants and raves for two hours straight, just listing things they don't like. And that's not an analysis, you know, and his take on, uh, you know, as Zach eloquently described, you know, the idea that these female characters take on a very different type of role in the film 
than are are typical of so many uh, female characters in in the you know industry, but the way it's presented is so brilliant. It's the, the idea that you have three male protagonists and they each have a clear female protagonist that are teaching them something over the course of the film as they fail. And that's brilliant. And it's like undeniable too. <laughs> the way he lays out his case is completely like rock solid to the point where it's, you know, that's what makes a good analysis, a good analysis. And that to me is like the main takeaway with his work is that he's just poking, he's, he's getting through to the real meat of the thing and delivering these, you know, these pieces that they get you thinking and they sort of forever change the way you perceive that thing. And I don't know, I, I find it, I find it amazing. So the way he talks about pop culture does that affect the way that you watch everything? Like, are you applying the tropes that he's talking about in the Last Jedi video to other stuff as well? Has it affected the way you watch things? For me, it doesn't really affect the way I watch things. What I find he does is to is putting things into words that I've had trouble putting into words, like the ways I've already felt. So it's like one of the reasons why I put him in like for for us being inspired because it makes me like, oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one that feels this way about the media that I consume that like some things, some decisions that are polarizing are important decisions that I think history will look back on as big, important moments. Um, And he presents us with ways to say something to someone that we, that disagrees with us. Like he kind of provides us with a a script almost. That's just a better script that I could come up with. Cause we're, we're, we're in our emotions when we have these conversations, we try not to, but it just happens. Emotions get involved. They get hot, they get heated. And then we, and then you got two people who are failing to make any sense at each other. You know, it's like, we're like suppressive firing each other, no accuracy, no, you know, (laughs) so he, at least he gives me a little bit uh, more accuracy when I talk about these things with people. Yeah, I think the one I've referred to the most is uh, Wally, a sociological storytelling. I don't know if you remember that one, but it's it's, it's I'd highly recommend that one because it really is like a a very elegant metaphor. It really reads Wally as an elegant metaphor for the idea that in situations where there is oppression happening, if you just do nothing, you're taking the side of the oppressors, right? And he he connects yeah. this very like heady, very heavy political idea to 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 the Pixar movie in su- such a beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. But the the other thing, too, is that when we're overdubbing something, we're also trying to bring our own perspectives on those things, those same topics to some level. In in a way, it it helps us to take the same approach when we're, you you know, (laughs) we're trying to overdub something and bring an extra layer to it of of context that we feel is important. We're trying to share our own ideals through our overdubs, even though it's done in this comedic way or silly way. Uh, Just, for example, in the way that we present Anakin, we feel, you know, over the course of the series kind of aligns more with how he should have been perceived, which is like a very dangerous, (laughs) scary, masculine individual uh, opposed to somebody that, you know, Padme should just fall in love with instantly. It's like he's not the kind of man that uh, a woman you you would think would fall in love with. Like he's he's weird, manipulative and super toxic. He's a murder. He's a murderer, you know, but it's like this love story. So so in a sense, we're we're trying to also inject our own ideas, not to the point where it topples over into preachiness or something like that. But but seeing, you know, pop, pop culture detective also helps to to think on that on that level as well when we're working on our own pieces. 
Well, that was Jonathan McIntosh. You can find him on YouTube at Pop Culture Detective Agency. It's Final Friday. Craven, let's move on to someone you said makes you laugh, and that's Michael Cunningham, also known as Sir Michael, who is on Twitter at Michael1979. Michael's the author of a book called How to Almost Make Friends on the Internet. Do you want to explain what he does that prevents him from actually making friends? (laughs) So Michael is probably the most wholesome troll uh, that exists in the world. He's trollsome. Yeah, he's he's extremely trollsome. And I I just it's kind of hard to wrap my head around what it is that tickles me about his work so much. But I think it's something about the intersection of how he like interacts with the real world and then follows up with people in this digital way. So he's he's always putting up flyers and sort of uh, baiting people with these very innocuous things in in the world. And then they'll take, you know, the phone number off his flyer and text to him. And the way that he lines up his gags, he's the kind of person that you, you might think that he's a real person doing and acting the way that he is, except that he posts his comedy online. And that's sort of the the giveaway (laughs) that he's a comedian. Right. But, but he's sort of a, he, he comes off as sort of this innocuous dolt that takes people down a path when they start interacting with them. And the joke is in how long it takes that person to finally catch up to the idea that he's messing around with them or that he's insane. And the punchline just <laughs> is always like this perfected piece of comedy. I, I have to imagine he's just a genius, you know, but it's always just so harmless too in the way that he's working with people. So to me, it's sort of, my philosophy is that the world isn't quite interesting enough just just as it is in general. And I always appreciate <laughs> a bit of absurdity kind of catching you unaware. And I think he's giving that to people. It like It's almost like a, a gift, you know, because people just get into this sort of doldrum of life. And uh, some of my favorite moments are when I think I've read something, you know, I read something and it makes me laugh. And then, you know, because of how absurd it is. And then the the greatest disappointment is when I realize that I've misread that thing and it actually says something really boring or lame or, you know, I love (laughs) I love absurdity. I love things being twisted in in a way that's sort of wholesome and and ridiculous. And yeah, so that's everything he he does, whether it be these flyers that that sort of catch people and and start get get them interacting with him where he takes them down these forking paths he seems to have an answer for everybody in terms of how when 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 he's when they're responding to him he seems to have some some way of understanding where the conversation is going to go and a joke everywhere along the the road to get to his final destination you know that's the thing is it seems like maybe he has like a final punchline in mind but the way he gets there it's not like he delivers a punchline right after the first person responds it's a little bit of like baiting them along a pathway i guess to where he wants them to go yeah. it's very impressive yeah it's incredible how he does that he's incredibly deft with that how he achieves that and then he does something else that i love so much after he has his punchline there's always like another joke right behind it and i've seen <laughs> him do that so many times i just figure it's part of his strategy you know and and that includes something as simple as he tells his punchline in a chat space and then He'll include, you know, in the image, the little bit after that, that says, like, you've been removed from this chat. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's done things like that so often that I think 
that's you know he he always kind of buttons things up with an additional joke and that i just love so much yeah the best example of that was when you you referred to me of, of course which is probably his most popular post the uh the funeral dj bit oh i haven't seen this one what, what happens in the funeral dj he bit? just he offers his funeral dj skills and he's like i will play tasteful music you know everyone will feel good i'll play something that you know he is he makes a really bad taste but good case for being a funeral dj and he's like i will also provide i'll bring turntable decks which i will have soon <laughs> but then after this he's like my mixtape is attached there's a physical tape like taped the things like please bring it back it's my only copy and then right below that almost out of frame is a second post on the bulletin board that says need dj turntables for my new wedding de- for my new funeral dj gig so that's like the whole punchline has been laid out in this post there's just this little subtle one in the corner of the frame just barely out of the almost out of the shot that's great I, so I want to do a little uh, stage reading for for one of Michael's Facebook <laughs> exchanges. Right, right. I sent you guys the link for this one. Um, so this is this is a Facebook post in, in a group, uh, some sort of lo- looks like a local community group. And I'm going to, Craven, I'm going to have you play Michael and Zach, you will play <laughs> Zeke, who is one of the unsuspecting marks uh, in this. So this starts with a woman named Cindy who posts in this community group. Has anyone here met their partner through an online dating site and not Tinder, etc., actual dating? And so the initial response is from someone named Laura, who says, yes, she met her partner, Charlie. Uh, They've been in a relationship for two years. Happy to answer any questions about it. So then enter Michael. But it's not always a positive experience. Greg, who's the manager of the hardware shop where my uncle works, was telling me recently about a bad experience he had on OkCupid, and he definitely wouldn't recommend it. Well, if Greg from Hardware says it's bad, it must be bad. Greg's word is gospel, don't you know? <laughs> then Michael r- responds, Zeke, not sure why you felt the need to join in this conversation with an unhelpful comment, but I don't appreciate you making fun of Greg. He's been through a lot in his life, so being made fun of online is the last thing he needs. Please tell me how I was making fun of Hum. <laughs> I don't know who he is or what his life is. I was joking about the way you spoke about him like everyone knows who Greg is and go by what he said. Greg, and then Michael explains who Greg is. Greg is the manager of a hardware shop, and he has a very—he had a very bad experience on OkCupid. I mentioned that in my post. Yes, you did, but it had no meaning because nobody knows who Greg is or what the hardware shop is or what his experience was. <laughs> his experience was that he had worked in various hardware shops for several <laughs> years beforehand, so he was actually very well qualified for the job, if that's what you're worried about. <laughs> His experience on OkCupid, not his work experience. Laugh up, cry emoji three times. Oh, okay. Sorry. I misunderstood what you meant. No worries. I'm laughing here. Laugh emoji. Laughing at Greg? No, of course not. And then a new character, Sadie, enters. What's the bad experience you had on OkCupid? Not me. Greg. He had a very unfortunate experience a few days after he joined OkCupid, and it still affects him now. Can you say what it was? He forgot his password to the site, and he hasn't been able to log in since. Thumbs down emoji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's just like, that's a, it's just like uh, I, I'm so impressed that he clearly knew, like I was saying, he clearly knew the bad, what the bad experience was going to be, but it's yeah. just <laughs> such a maze to get there. It's, it's, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So to your, your initial thing, uh, what you were initially saying about him, Craven, was you, I think you called him like the nicest internet troll. Like, I think in my mind, trolls are kind of in that same 
category as pranksters where a lot of it is like making someone else the fool, making someone else feel bad or embarrassed or whatever. And I think what what really works about Michael's comedy is a lot of it is like he's playing the character who he's everyone the, he's else. He's the fool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the, he's the fool. As you said, among people do who do this sort of trolling online, it, it, this really seems to be like the best form of it possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw an interview with Johnny Knoxville recently, and he was talking about what he thinks makes them different from the current crop of pranksters and physical comedy, like like trolls like that. And he's like, what makes Jackass different? Yeah. And he goes, because we're just messing with each other. He's like, none of our antics ever involved anyone else in a way that made them look dumb or hurt or put them in danger. Yeah. He's like, yeah. anytime there was a public stunt, it was just them making fools of themselves around other people and making them feel awkward about it. That was, it's so mean spirited out there right now just to get the, to get the clicks. Yeah. I feel like we all need a little bit more Sir Michael in our lives. Yeah. Sir Michael is the one. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was Michael Cunningham or Sir Michael, who was on Twitter at Michael1979. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with The Oral Knots, Craven Morehouse, and Zach Koontz. Today's show is brought to you by Follow Friday on Patreon. If you like this podcast, then supporting it on Patreon is one of the best ways to let us know. Here's how it works. First, you choose how much you want to donate every month. It could be as little as $1 or more if you can spare the change and you're feeling generous. Then you'll get bonus mini-sodes every week with extra follow recommendations from our guests. Here's a clip from last week's bonus episode with Freddie Wong. Let me tell you right now, if you want to improve your Twitter timeline forever, follow Alex. Because... Not only are follow illustrators, because what you get instead of just terrible, stupid hot takes from idiots, what you get instead of that is you get art on your timeline. To hear the rest of that mini-sode and another one with the oral knots coming later today, head on over to patreon.com slash follow Friday. That's patreon.com slash follow Friday. Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Zach, I asked you to tell me about someone you're embarrassed to admit you follow, and you said Fred's Voice ASMR, and he's on YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon at Fred's Voice. He's also on Instagram at Fred's Voice ASMR. Um, I suspect a lot of people already know what ASMR is, but why don't you start by sort of explaining the concept of it and then why you follow Fred's channel specifically? ASMR is... I think it's called like auditory sensory meridian response or something like that. Yeah, but it basically boils sensory, down yeah. to yeah, autonomous. Yeah. So it's it's brain tingles is the, the the layman's term people use. And it's it's something that I've experienced my whole life. And apparently either you do or you don't. There's no real in between. I remember being a kid, going to like the, the dentist or the doctor's office and being like, This should be miserable, but for some reason I enjoy it and, and I can't explain why. And it's just personal attention. You're just being, you're the center of attention. Somebody's, and it's also involving somebody performing a complicated task is part of that. So you got a whole industry now of people who provide like simulations of this um, in order to evoke that response that makes you feel good. And like for me, it helps me go to sleep. You know, it calms your brain down. It makes you relaxed. And then I pass out with my laptop on, you know, still open running these videos. And it's very in appearance similar to porn when you have it open and someone else walks in the room you have some explaining to do 
And for me, Fred's got a great voice. His name's Fred's voice. He better damn well have a good voice. But it's just the way he, his, his cadence when he speaks, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's, he's honed it. He's been doing it for a really long time. And he's refined not only his sound, uh, but also his characters. He has like a whole connected universe of like these characters. Some of them are assholes. But it's like, <laughs> it's really funny. He does like, he's got a lot of great comic timing and just improv and themes. And they all just work for me. You know, like I, when I was like, if he puts a new video out, I'm like, oh, cool. I'll be able to I'll sleep like a baby tonight because this man is like <laughs> talking me to sleep. And so if you walked into the room and if I was just in bed watching Fred's voices, a guy looking at the camera in a costume, <laughs> it's it, there's a moment of embarrassment where I have to explain to you that it's everything's fine. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be on some kind of list because of this. But I feel like there's a lot of people trying to get in on this because it looks like easy money and what I've learned from bad ASMR is that it's not it's not for everybody it you actually have to have some talent to be good at it to to know what people are looking for to be able to execute that with some level of craft and acting talent improv talent just pure setup and scripting you know there's a lot going on there that just it's not everyone's gonna be able to do and he he does it very well I have a few that I follow, but it's in general, there's not many people that I, I, if I see a new release, I'll, I'll click it. No questions asked. And he's one of them. Yeah. He's, and he's a huge nerd too. He's like this, he looks like budget Thor. Like a lot of people say that to him. He knows that (laughs) he's like this big dude, you know, but he's also like this giant dork. He's like way into star Wars. He'll have videos. It's like me putting together an X-wing from Legos, you know, it's just... Oh, interesting. So it's in the clicking of the bricks coming together or just like things things like that. Yeah, just the, and just him performing a task, you know, that's just like some people, that's just all they need. Just watch someone doing something quietly and <laughs> without being a creep about it, you know, it's... So, so you're specifically, you're not just listening to the audio of him doing something, but you're you're watching whatever the visual component of each of his videos is and that, that, that helps you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's like... You know, for instance, if he does like a barbershop thing, it's like this moving the scissors, like, you know, mm. yeah, that's just it's a whole package. And it's like and it's I, I, explaining to somebody who just will not have a response from this just won't help at all. It yeah, you have it. You don't. Right. And we've actually made an ASMR video on our channel. It's oh, really? Kylo, Re- Kylo Ren ASMR. <laughs> and it's like making fun of it, but not in a real like. People that like ASMR goes, this is legit ASMR. So we're still, it's still a comedy video. He's doing Kylo Ren stuff. He's like asking you where the map is, but like on both sides of your ears, you know how like that. He's sort of hitting you with the tension. It's the same idea of, of getting you with the tension, but his goal is to find out where the map is. So he keeps sort of probing with his yeah. powers and, you know, with whatever he's doing. Uh, while he's he shaves you, you he gives you a shave at one point. Yeah, he gives you <laughs> a the lightsaber. lightsaber shave. Yeah, but with like shaving cream. Oh my god! Because <laughs> you got to shake up the cream. That liquid part is part of the uh, you know one of those responses, one of those triggers. This won't be a typical shave. I have something else in mind. But don't worry. When I'm finished, you're going to really turn some heads. This is going to be the closest shave you've ever had. Do not move. That's it. That's it. You're doing fine. Just a little more along the jawline. And now the other side. I'm getting a really nice shape up. How do you feel about goatees? 
So Craven, do you like ASMR videos? Do you also get this response? Uh, I do not get the brain tingles, but but I have my, my I have my own set of of odd you know ideas of unconsciousness. <laughs> so so I understand sort of. I, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I understand it. And sometimes I, I really want to have the brain tingles. Like I, I would love to experience it just so I can see. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm all about a sort of cerebral experience, but um, I don't, I don't get them. No, it's like yeah. a part that's missing from my brain, I guess. <laughs> But chemistry is not there. There are a, a genre of ASMR film videos that are called like fixing your tingles or something like that. Where they're like, this is, <laughs> oh. we're going to break you. If you don't have ASMR response, this video is going to do it for you. It's, <laughs> ironically, I've never watched one because I'm like, well, that's not me. Yeah, you don't need that. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a click I mean, from do, this guy. Do you remember there was a, there was a phase where there were uh, binaural uh, videos that claimed to to give people a sort of super weird drug high and there were clips yeah. of people listening to these audios and then sort of bouncing around their room, like <laughs> just losing their minds. Binaural is like where, where you have a microphone where it's supposed to simulate like the human ear, right? Or the human ears where, where it's supposed to be a 3d sound. There's that type of binaural, but then there's also binaural uh, audio frequencies that are slightly different frequencies in your left and right ear that are to- just straightforward tones. And you can, by, by changing the frequencies in your left or right ear, the idea is that by connecting them together in the center, uh, as your mind is processing them, they can directly affect your brain chemistry. And by doing different level, di- different Hertz levels supposedly give you a different type of response. But I never got anything from those either. So something about the way yeah. I'm hearing sound uh, is not directly, which is funny because I'm like such an audio guy. Yeah, as I was going to say, it's because both of you are audio designers. You both work so much in, in sound. I was wondering if maybe both of you would have the same sort of reaction to these videos. Well, here's the funny thing. I am not an audio designer by trade. That's, really? that's Craven's background. Yeah, huh. I'm more of just a comedy writer. So it's I've picked up some tricks and knowledge like by working with him for so long. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally... A total dumbass when it comes to that kind of thing. So uh, maybe that 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 ignorance is what helps me have the uh, yeah. the tingles. I don't know. It's uh, he's just too he knows too much. He's, he won't be fooled. So is like you mentioned all the characters that 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 Fred's voice ASMR does. Like is that typical for for like the really good the really best ASMR creators? Are they doing this many? Are they this creative where they're doing all these different characters? Because I was looking at the comments of one of his videos and he has like a ton of followers, tons of fans. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah. referring to characters from other videos, you know, like showing yeah. up and you know wanting them to show up, like crossover into this video. <laughs> it is. I don't know how important it actually is for like a, a creator, but for him, it's become part of his yeah. his identity is to is that he will present a new character. It will fit into this world that he's built somehow. Well, like there's... He always says, if it's like rude something, it's like rude hairstylist or rude <laughs> iPhone repair center. You know, it's always like this is this he's built this area of town where it's all the shops are run by rude assholes <laughs> and they all know each other and they've all heard about you. You're like, oh, I've heard about you. You're the ragamuffin that comes into the suit shop who doesn't who isn't really high class. It's like he's <laughs> nagging you, but it's like. For some people, that's actually probably is a little bit of a turn on, I would imagine. Even though I say these things aren't supposed to be pornographic, being negged by this like this this hot dude is probably doing something for somebody. <laughs> but it's just to me, it's just funny. And like and so the things that happen that accompany that are what I'm there for. And he always has like a character built around whatever 
the trigger of that video is. Like if it's if it's a barber, it's going to be the sounds of like the metal scissors and the and the water bottle shaking. And if it's iPhone repair guy, it's going to be the sprays. You know, so it's like, what character can I do to to frame this this scenario, this excuse to to make these sounds? So that's fascinating. I mean, I yeah, like I said, I I'm not in this world, but just seeing the way, just watching a bit of his videos, I just find this completely fascinating stuff. So that's a great follow recommendation. We had a brush with him. I feel bad. We're just like ships in the night. He left a comment on our Kylo Ren ASMR video. And he was really? like, I'm a huge fan. I love you guys' music. This is amazing. And but I I we sort of lose track of comments on videos after they kind of age out. Mm-hmm. And he, and I I noticed the comment three years after he made it. So oh, no. it was like, oh, we dissed Fred. And like, and then oh. I reached out to him because we were like, maybe he'd be good for, we have a character in mind. His voice is great for it. I'm like, oh, let's collaborate with him. And he never wrote back. So I was like, maybe he mm. was like, what's the word? Uh, chagrined. Is that how yeah. you say the word? <laughs> he was yeah. by chagrined. Yeah. Chagrined. <laughs> Gave him the grin, the chagrin. Um, yeah, so maybe he was like, F-, "F these guys, man! They dissed me on that Kylo Ren comment." Yeah. You know, I, I tried to give him some props with my verified oh, maybe channel. This is our they, chance to, yeah, to make amends. I'm making, I'm making amends with Fred. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was Fred's voice ASMR. Who was on YouTube at Fred's voice. It's Final Friday. We have time for one more follow today. Craven, I asked you for someone you have a love-hate relationship with, and you said Catatonic Youths. They're on Twitter and Instagram at Catatonic Youths, and I am not even sure if I understand what this account is doing, so maybe you can enlighten me. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know if you're going to have much luck there, because I'm not exactly sure what they're doing either, but it is a a destination for me, uh, and I won't lie about that. I love catatonic youths. It's uh, it is really a curation of music of independent artists. And it's a mix of good and bad music, probably more bad than than good. But it's the so bad it's good type. Interesting. And um, in terms of the love hate, why I love and hate it so much is it's sort of like how everybody has a love hate relationship with Tommy Wiseau and the room. Yeah. There, there's something about it that cuts through and it's bad, but there's also something that's sort of untouchable there. And this site basically just is, is musical act after musical act that sort of touched that magical space. <laughs> and um, what fascinates me as a, as a musician and producer myself is a lot of the, the featured bands on the site are really excellent musicians but they're like approaching their music a little bit too far in a certain direction. Like maybe, maybe they're sort of missing a certain mark somewhere. And it's just some really mind blowing, ponderous stuff sometimes. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like sometimes well, it's like they're, they're, tra- they're checking a box in a way that they, they're, this is they, they are creating something where it's like, this is what a music video is supposed to look like, or this is what this genre of sound is supposed to sound like. And, is that, is that kind of what am I am I getting it sort of the, the they are they sort of do that. But the thing I think I think I think a lot of the musicians on there are doing that in their attempt to emulate something. They're they're kind of going too far in, in that direction until it becomes almost like self parody. But but, you you know, I get the impression that everybody that's that's curated. Part of the curation process is that the bands are sincere. So Hmm. that's always another thing is that going back to Tommy Wiseau, the idea of his sincerity being there is an important factor in what makes him who he is. Right. Right. And 
I, I sometimes I feel like to push the needle in music or any other artistic space, you need to just give your all. <laughs> you really need to like right. put, push as far as you can as an individual without shame. And <laughs> yeah, that's another factor here is that I really get that impression from as part of their curation process that they're choosing artists to, to, to put there that like the one thing that they refuse to do is they may be really, really good or really, really bad, but they're not going to be mediocre, <laughs> you know, like because mediocrity is sort of the, <laughs> the death, right? Mediocrity is like the death of all things. Like, so that's why I love it and hate it. Uh, I'm inspired by what these, what these artists are doing um, that, that I've found there. You know, I, I've actually thought, I've actually looked up a lot of the artists that are featured on the site and they're all truly doing their own thing in their own way. And I just love that. It's so, so sometimes I'm like laughing at, at what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing. Sometimes it's so insane what some of these artists are doing. Like it, it, but, but other times I'm just truly impressed. And that's a good takeaway for me as an artist. Cause sometimes I just want to not, uh, as a music, uh, not uh, well, as a musician, Sometimes uh, I want to when I'm when or when we're approaching something in terms of production, I just want to push the envelope and I want to push something outside of the just the space that's comfortable and, and you know, push, push our push us a little bit further. So that's that's the best sort of big takeaway from it. I, I think the Tommy Wiseau analogy really unlocked this for me. Just I mean, I, ha- I literally have a, a signed the room poster out in my living room here. I'm a big fan of, of, <laughs> of that. I've seen that. <laughs> Too many times. Um, But, uh, you know, I think the thing is, like, there's so many mediocre movies that come out every year that are completely forgotten. But what has made, you know, The Room and Tommy Wiseau, like, so famous, like, literally globally famous, is, I think, just like you're saying, the sincerity, the effort. You can really see that at some point, maybe not anymore, but at some point, there was the intention to make an Oscar-worthy movie here. It just went awry many, many steps along the way. (laughs) Right. And you, and you, like you said, you, I mean, you have a signed poster that says it all. I think you, you're right there with, (laughs) you know, that's amazing. I mean, I, I also have watched it too many times and sometimes it's difficult for me to explain to people why I have watched it so many times. Time at the room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. It's, It's, I kind of feel like we need more of that in the world, you know, sincere offerings that just go so far off map that they are actually moving the needle and <laughs> that's it's kind of refreshing to me yeah last year i watched uh, howard the duck for the first time the oh the george lucas produced movie yeah. from the 80s and like you know every people often group that with the room and a lot of others it shows up on a lot of lists among like worst movies ever you know it gets a lot of hate online and i think there's kind of a similar thing there where like yeah it's not actually it's not very good, but there's so much effort and craft that, like, it's so much of an attempt went into that movie that I think <laughs> right. I, I liked it more than a lot of, like, even you know some of the some of the some of the kind of like more middling Marvel movies where it just feels like they're kind of paint by numbers, right? Where, where yeah. it doesn't sure. feel like there's actually as much effort that went in. I, I do respect and admire anyone who's doing something creative where they are 
they are trying to do something different, even if they, they miss the mark. I felt attacked when it came out that Howard the Duck was a bad movie because I was like, I, I watched it a lot as a kid. And I yeah. was just like, this is a fun, goofy sci-fi movie. Yeah. And there was like, that's one of the worst movies ever made. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Did you not see the stop motion animated Scorpion space death right? lords at the end? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the guy from Ferris Bueller? Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like morphs into, the, into this like wild monster. And, it's, it's, and his it's, slow, like horrifying morph into that creature as he was like like coming apart kind of like Vincent D'Onofrio for Men in Black but like mm-hmm. that was the original version of that he, he was sucking energy out of like cigarette lighters in the truck and it was gross to watch it was just like it was a did, movie did a lot of weird it crossed a lot of weird lines yeah um, visually sexually just and I was like it was kind of raunchy but it was clearly still a kids movie and I was I, I love that all of that for it you know yeah, I think the best example, <laughs> and I'm never going to shut up about it, of inspired bad that moves mm-hmm. the needle and just mediocre bad that doesn't do shit <clears throat> is the Mortal Kombat movie franchise. <laughs> I've, I've not dipped into any of that. I'm I'm completely. Yeah, I, well, where should I start the, with Mortal Kombat movies? The original the Mortal Kombat movie. That's the only one you need to watch because okay, it was made one. by a guy who really tried to make an awesome Mortal Kombat movie, and it's so bad for so many great reasons. Yeah. And then they tried to make a new one that was just awesome, but tried mm. to own the badness of the like when it was trying to own it, and it just didn't do any of it well. And yeah. it just it's mediocre, you know, it's mediocre best. And I think that that one's gonna it's gonna go away in a way that the original will not. Over the musical version of, of what we're talking about, that's Catatonic Youths. They're on Twitter and Instagram at Catatonic Youths. I want to thank the Oral Knots for coming on the show and sharing their follows today. Before we go, let's make sure the listeners know where to find both you guys online. So, Craven and Zach, where do you want them to follow you? I think just straight to the YouTube channel is probably the most helpful. Yeah, Oral Knots, A-U-R-A-L-N-A-U-T-S, uh, over on YouTube. My, my suggestion is always, is always to just sort by most popular and just go from there, and it'll all start to connect together eventually. <laughs> eventually, you, you know, will get to the Kylo Ren Reacts videos, and uh, you, you will lose an entire evening, as I once did, just watching all of those. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a whole, like, uh, cottage industry over there. Exactly. React videos, yeah. <laughs> Best vlogger on YouTube in my book. Well, uh, follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ, and this show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FollowFridayPod. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday. The episode is over, but there is more Earl Knots coming to you later today when you back Follow Friday on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash follow Friday and back us at any level, starting at just $1 a month. You'll get bonus mini-sodes every week, including an exclusive fifth recommendation from this week's guests, the Oral Knots. That's patreon.com slash follow Friday. Check it out, and thank you.